Urban Dictionary defines a token black friend as the only African-American in a group of white people. Being the token black friend is similar to being an Oreo. White on the inside, yet black on the outside. Which is why white people love their token black friend. The token black friend is relatable to them. They feel safe around him or her. Many black people who have grown up in predominantly white neighborhoods and towns can identify with this definition. And that includes me. (laughs) Growing up, I was the token black friend for the various friend groups that I had over the years. And honestly, I felt comfortable in white spaces because I shared a lot of interest with other white people. One thing to note about me is I love geek culture. Things like sci-fi films and anime and I love comic book movies. I mean, Marvel all the way when it comes to comic book movies. And I feel up until recently, geek culture was viewed more as a part of white culture than it was black culture. But you know, the Black Black Nerds Unite movement is getting stronger every day. And I can be extraordinarily nerdy, as you can tell already. Like, I can have an hour-long conversation about the new Star Wars movies. Or, I mean, I'm really excited about the new Mandalorian seasons that's coming out in October. Like, I love Baby Yoda. He's currently my pop socket on my phone right now. (laughs) And I found that, especially growing up, more of my white friends had that same kind of passion that I had and could meet me and my nerdiness and we would have we go to like quiz nights and do all that kind of stuff and I just felt more companionship with them now I wasn't completely separated from black spaces I actually grew up in a majority black church for most of my life and that was actually where I had the most interaction with people in my own race besides you know coming home and being with my family Um, and for many growing up black know that black church is a major part of our culture and it has been since the days of slavery and I loved my church and those years really are like, like a core part of my identity and who I am. And I, that church just, I mean, it had a major influence on me as a person, as especially in my faith and I I still we still talk about those days constantly especially in my household but um growing up however I didn't really feel as close to people my age and it like it felt hard to truly identify with other black people because my daily life felt different from theirs you know Um, A lot of kids that I knew were actually going to predominantly black schools and lived in predominantly black areas, you know, and to me, I felt like they had more of an authentic black experience in America than I did. And uh, honestly, especially because of my geekiness, (laughs) I felt that my passions weren't really that interesting to people there in my own age. And I felt like I couldn't be my true self there sometimes. But when I still think about it, I couldn't really be my true self around white people either. Though I felt more comfortable in white spaces, it was not like I could blend in. I mean, I can't pass 
And, um, I mean, I am dark. I am chocolatey brown. So I stand out, of course, as a token black friend. And when it comes to it, I didn't really particularly deal with, uh, like, aggressive, in-your-face kind of racism. But I did deal with passive racism. I got comments like, you're pretty for a black girl. Or, you don't sound black. Or... Of course you would like fried chicken. It's in your DNA. And trust me, I was called an Oreo more times than you could count. People made jokes about my race, so in turn, I started making jokes about it as well. It kind of became like a coping mechanism, a shield, an armor. Joke about it first before they could so you don't get hurt. And honestly, I could have been the poster child for black token friends, (laughs) like, and of course this behavior wasn't very healthy. I mean, I became cynical about my own self and my skin and I felt like I didn't hold a lot of pride in it. I didn't know who my authentic black self was. I was in conflict with my own skin and didn't know how to reconcile it. I mean, how can you have confidence in yourself if you're not even confident in how you look? And I know this seems very pessimistic about myself and my color, but I did have a lot of bright moments. And honestly, that was thanks to my dad. My dad is the definition of proud black man. Every Martin Luther King Jr. Day, he volunteers at the Ebenezer Baptist Church for the commemorative service for Dr. King. And every Black History Month, like clockwork, he puts on documentaries and watches period pieces set in the Civil Rights era, even in the Black Panther movement, too. He loves that stuff. He is a wannabe Black Panther, I'm telling you. And of course, it doesn't always have to be in Black History Month for us to experience his Black pride during the year. <laughs> and as a family, we went to various Black History Museums. And our favorite, actually, is the Lorraine Hotel Motel. And if that name seems vaguely familiar to you, it's actually the location of Dr. King's assassination. The hotel has now become the National Civil Rights Museum. And it's amazing because they took a tragic moment and turned it into an educational opportunity. The museum gives a chronological and comprehensive dive into black history, and it takes you from slavery to even modern movements such as Black Lives Matter. It is so surreal and deeply touching. And honestly, I would have other moments like this with my church as well, like we would celebrate Black History Month to the fullest. We had music, we had skits, we wore dashikis. (laughs) And honestly, these moments, the celebration of being Black helped me, especially with the conflict that was going on within me and with my skin. I realized I also had a passion for history. And that passion would continue to blossom in school. I had some amazing teachers. My APUS history teacher, um, Mrs. Perkins, she was amazing. And because of those influences, I would take that to college. And um, I would actually, like, initially think of it as a minor. Because I want, backstory, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And so I thought, well, you have to major in biology first. 
and I got accepted into this like science program the uh, week before I started classes and I don't know that program kind of actually talked me out of being a biology major and so in turn I made history as my U.S. uh, U.S. history as my major um, in college and like from the bat I started taking black history courses I'm pretty sure I, I can't remember I think it was my first semester I took one and it was amazing it was an amazing course because it gave a very comprehensive look at black history it, i mean it started us from africa all the way to um to the modern era and we even got i think we got to talk about like obama's inauguration and all that stuff it was crazy it was amazing and from there i i mean i wanted to do this because i wanted to learn more about my ancestors and in turn learn more about myself I mean, the more knowledge I got, the more pride I felt and um, the more connection I felt with people my color. And I never had this kind of connection before. I mean, like I said, I, I felt it hard to identify with other black people because I, I felt like I didn't really know the struggles very much. And honestly, going to college, giving that college level education and breaking down really like the abolitionist movement or breaking down the civil rights era and the civil rights movement and even into the more like current movements we we I got more of a understanding of our struggles and even of our progress that we've made and it really really helped me value my own authentic black experience I mean, I could turn that geeky passion that I had in that, that kind of used to ostracize me and I could use it to tie me closer to people who I, I couldn't identify with at first, you know, and my education actually would give me a privilege that would in turn give me courage to use my voice. Now, it took me going halfway across the world to really find my voice, but that is going to be another podcast on another day. But uh, you're probably wondering, where has my voice been this entire time? Everything has gone down. I mean, there's been a lot in the news lately about police brutality and structural structural racism and... Honestly, I had a lot of people come up to me and tell me that they didn't think racism still existed. And so I was wondering where my voice was too during this time. So I decided to put it on this podcast. I wanted to reach out to you as the token black friend so we could start this conversation. It's a long and difficult conversation about racism in America. And honestly, I wanted to be different from the news media. I mean, the news gives you facts and numbers mixed with tragedy, but I, I want to give you stories and experiences mixed with triumph. Um, I want to be a bridge for you guys. I want to bring understanding for those who are very confused about what's going on right now. I mean, there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of just 
downright anger and hate going on right now. And it seems like it's a little hopeless, but honestly, there is a light at the end of this tunnel. And the more black voices speak up, the more we can truly connect with others. I mean, this is black lives voices matter more than ever. And so here's mine. (laughs) And uh, this is more than just my point of view. This is my story. And I want to thank you for listening to it. And honestly, if you want to expand your knowledge or find more stories like mine, I have some nifty links in the description below on my podcast.